0: Over. Hulk Hogan! I speak to you, Ho Hogan, as you have caused interference in my pathways as I try to communicate to my world Token control a force build around you. But I am only beginning to understand. But each of the challenges before me, I never did understand. I never tried to understand. For they were only battles that I finished before they became wars. In the Royal Rumble Hulk Hogan As I Got rid Of two Normal Pieces Of litter And my back Was turned to you Hulk Hogan I knew That you wouldn't come from behind Like the others I felt The Hulkamaniacs Reach out and try to grab extremities of the warriors that were tongue on to me things that hang from my body and the reason I paint my face only add more area for more warriors to hang on you are cooking see things as you will But I need not come from behind or take a cheap shot at anyone or anything. You Hulk Hogan will only be approached by the Warriors face to face, eye to eye. I bring you Hulk Hogan the one and only ultimate challenge. In every age, there is a cause worth fighting for. But in the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. Hey, kid, what's
1: going on? It's war! We're going to war!
0: Now the youth of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind.
1: Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first
0: wave. You smash the entire area. You kill anything that has more than two legs. You get me? We get you, sir! But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. To the car!
2: Retrieval now.
1: Someone made a damn mistake. The bugs lay a trap for us, didn't they? Ah!
0: Try Star Pictures takes you to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all, Starship Troopers.
3: Sometimes I have. All right, guys. Thanks for the download on episode three of the New Blood Rising podcast of season three. Today, we're looking at November to remember for ECW from the year 1997, as we are already closing out one of our first calendar years, so that's fun. Didn't take long. Nope. Um, I'm William Rankin. This uh, time, I'm joined over Skype with Jason Kiesler. Hey, how's it going? In the studio here, Charlie Stabile. What's up? And then also over Skype, Martin Dixon.
4: From A different location than Jason, though. Um. That's how rumors start. (laughs) (laughs) I may want to run run for president someday. (laughs) You
2: gotta watch it now. You
3: gotta, exactly.
2: When I was a young 59 year old, this
3: is gonna (laughs) pop up on CNN. Like, we we obtained this podcast, uh, (laughs) from uh, Podbean that Martin Dixon was uh, before he was running for prime minister.
5: (laughs) Never mind the fact that he's not eligible to run for president, but screw it. He said some horrible things about Shane Douglas. And well, his
3: that's father. why I said prime minister. So you know, guy, <laughs> well, <I mean>, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's. I'm so glad to be back doing this. Yeah. I apologize for being sick last or last time to be able to uh, do this. That came up. It just came up out of nowhere. So. Apologize for kind of the delay in getting another one of these out there. So, uh, but we're gonna be hitting the ground with this, and then, and of course, in a couple of weeks we'll be coming back with uh, "Living Dangerously." We're starting nineteen ninety eight, which oh. is probably one of the most the fun. Year. It's the year for professional wrestling, and it comes out it the. Is. It's like the month too, because that's when WrestleMania fourteen, and then also was uh, uncensored ninety eight too. Yeah, which that was, was good too. It was a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. It was, of course, had Sting and Scott Hall. Yes. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So um, as we um, <clears throat> As we stand now, again, we're in November of '97. We've gotten through two shows, and this is a big month. It is November '97, obviously, because the Montreal is about. I, I, it's about to happen. It hasn't happened yet. I don't think. Is it a, a week? It's or like two? a week. It's like a week later. Okay. Okay. This is also a big show for ECW because, as you hear early on, it is the largest crowd they've had for one of these shows. We're looking around. You know, uh, just a little bit over 4,600 people here, in... um, and. It's a uh, Monaca, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which is just north of Pittsburgh. I'm not sure because my wife's from Butler, Pennsylvania, which is just north of Pittsburgh as well. So this is in one of those areas north of there, which has some pretty interesting kind of, uh, like, you know, smaller towns or whatnot. But I-, I would say they're just as rabid as as Philadelphia, even though you're in Western Pennsylvania, without question. So buy rate we're looking at point 0.2 again, hovering right around where they have been for the last couple of shows. Uh, Joey, of course, we're going to start off with him in the ring, and he's again echoing what we just talked about with it being um, the largest in ECW history. And then uh, I, I li- I've, I've really grown to like these opening videos because they do, they are <laughs> different with each show yeah. because they do try to, in a way, show you what the matchups are going to be. Mm-hmm. I, only, I do, I'm really starting to dig those. But I um,
2: <laughs> also mentioned that November to Remember ECW <laughs> likes to claim is their flagship show. Yes. Is, that, is that the case? was yeah, I, I was going to ask, yeah. ask
3: because obviously in the next year and in the in the year after that, we're going to add a lot more pay-per-views right. to the calendar but that's...
2: This is the one... I mean, they didn't advertise it that way all the time, but this
3: is their show. And I always thought that was interesting because remember Starcade was the WCW flagship show. Right, and it but was we knew the, that, though. But remember, but like it didn't it was, have the numerals. I remember <laughs> it was weird how it, it would kind of come out like in November-ish, and I always thought that was interesting because WWF is obviously with March, April is when their big moment of the year is. I'm going to throw it out to you guys real quick. Do you prefer if you're a wrestling organization for it to be closer to the end of the year, so it's like a true calendar year, like, you know, January to the end of the year being your your biggest show being at the end? Or do you prefer the WrestleMania format where it's kind of in the middle and then you kind of kick off summers where you start? What do you guys prefer? I think... Oh, I'll
4: let Jason go first. Oh, yeah, that's...
5: The the troubles of Skype. Um, yeah, I think that I would prefer to do March because at the end of the year, people are busy uh, with the holidays and moving around, and, and and so they may not have the time or make the time to do it. Whereas March, I mean, really, what's going on? Right. Good point. Yeah,
3: I think always too. The the one thing I'll echo with what Jason said just real quick is. You always have Rumble, and then you have that February pay per view, and then Mania. such a strong so me, three months. Yeah,
2: okay, I wasn't going to do it yet, but yeah, I'll, I'll do the next one. Exactly that. There is no build-up for November to Remember or Starcade. WCW has um, Halloween Havoc. What was their November pay per view?
3: It would. Well, that's the thing. It would usually be World
2: War be, Three. World War III. Okay. It, it, K- kind of a real. There,
3: there would thing, definitely right? be a clash in there. Like November yeah. was October, like. I always felt WCW was kind of packed there in that four or five-week yeah. span. Well, Halloween
2: Havoc, that was my favorite Yeah, of their always. shows. The one WCW show I wish they'd bring back. Yeah, you know, totally. It's, mm-hmm. it's very timely. Uh, but I think I prefer the WrestleMania format simply because of the Royal Rumble, uh, No Way Out or whatever they want to do in the middle, and then WrestleMania. Yeah. And then you have SummerSlam like to build everything up around the summer. The problem is they don't usually have anything to get ready for that, for SummerSlam. Uh, well, now money in, in the, the com- Bank.
3: Now, yes. Now, money in the Bank, yeah. B-
2: which... That is money in the bank has become a pay per view that I just look forward to anyway. Sure, that's sure. Uh, of the lesser shows, that's my favorite one. But there's nothing that really gets you amped up for it in terms of storylines. I think,
4: Martin, which one do you prefer? um I think it's <clears throat> unanimous. I prefer the beginning of the year, yeah, sort of big leading. Um, yeah, at the end of the year, it's like it's you're heading towards Christmas. I know you, you guys, your holiday season starts in you know in November, mm-hmm. so you have this long yes. extended period of not celebration, but of of like events. So uh, it kind of just gets lost. But uh, do you know what the story? Why Starcade was was moved a month?
3: Um, no, I don't. Not offhand. I bet I can't remember offhand. Go ahead, but I bet because Starcade
4: know. used to be. The Thanksgiving Night show, yeah. Vince, oh, he stole it. Yeah, um, Survivor Series. He put Survivor Series up against Starcade what and strong-armed cable companies by saying if they if they aired Starcade, they wouldn't get Mania. Um, in uh, what '88 would have been Mania Four. Yeah.
1: So yeah, they
4: wouldn't have. They wouldn't get Mania Four. So obviously, Starcade's buy rate tanked. And it got moved to um, uh, December. Uh, December. Didn't mania. The WCW fired back when mania on the day of mania fall. That's it. Um, they gave away a Clash of the Champions.
2: That's right. With Ric Flair, yeah. uh, I think was in the main event
3: of
4: that one against. Yeah. Was it? Was it Steamboat? I think so. And yeah. I think it, apparently it remembers did really well. it as them beating mania fall.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's that was I remember. That's a big claim to fame. Well, it's that, probably better because Mania Four is not the best. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Like that one is I, I've heard I've heard great arguments for it where people love it. They are big fans concept. of it. Um, and then I've heard the descending opinion, like you've said. Um, the final thing I was going to say about it was, like, when you get to like 2006, they have a run where there's like four or five pay per views two weeks apart in November and December because you have. Cyber Sunday, oh, yeah. you've got um, December to Dismember. We also have no. I think No Mercy was in there too. Survivor yeah. Series, December to m- Dismember, and, and then the New Year's <laughs> Revolution. So you're just kind of it wow. th- There is basically like, what it is today. And then to that comes back to Jason's point. Like I, I know, but if if I was watching heavily at that point, there's no way I if I could watch more than one of those because I'm sure they weren't discounted. I'm sure they were still like you Know that $50, 60 charge, mm-hmm. or maybe lower, it may <sighs> have been lower, I'm not sure, but still, like, that's still hawking a lot of money for what probably were mediocre pay-per-views. Where if you could have just kind of maybe combined a couple of those into one, so then you only have two there, and that wasn't a good period, uh, no. for WWE, no,
2: no, I mean,
4: that's that's the Heidenreichs and the Snick Skis and DX 3.0, I guess, yeah, which was yeah a really Rob Conway.
3: So let's let's dive in. As our opening match here in uh, NPA here in '97, we've got Tommy Rogers versus Chris Candido. Which, right off the bat, Joey thinks that this is going to be the sleeper. He thinks this is going to be the match of the night right away. And it's interesting. Like I, um, I, I, I'm kind of perplexed with the choice they make in this match where they it it will dissolve. Like I forget how long they go, but they go a decent amount of they time before time. it goes into a tag match suddenly where we've got Jerry Lynn coming out. We've also got Lance Storm coming out. So this one's an interesting opener. It's got a lot of hard work in the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of perplexed when you go to a rest spot three minutes in because that just (laughs) seems to work against what you want, which is a very hot, energetic crowd to start a show. Um, I do love uh, immediately hearing he pulled my goddamn hair from Chris Candido. I think that was – that was quite fun. What but do
2: you think a Candido coming out the back in black? You think that
3: suits him? No. Like, <laughs> see, that's what's funny. His his finishing move doesn't fit him. No. His entrance theme doesn't fit him. Okay. It, it, I, I don't like. It. I like. I like him, the guy, but I I'm having too. a hard time liking the overall character. No you know? gimmicks needed. Well, right, right. maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there like, might be. A
2: gimmick. a
4: no, no gimmicks needed, but one definitely required.
2: There's a boring chat. back in-
4: yeah, there was. It was uh, during
5: that first rest spot, three minutes in, and Joey Styles, which is great, He goes, "Tommy Rogers is such a pro." Like, I know he's
3: putting over Tommy yeah. Rogers
5: big time. Yeah, you're yeah, right,
3: Jason. Yeah. He puts he he tries to like act like he's such a pro, and
4: I feel Ooh, like that like comes a up a couple nice of times too. Jobber.
5: Yeah. He does. Yeah, And you were talking about music that doesn't fit. When you start hearing White Zombie's cover of Boogeyman, do you picture Tommy Rogers coming out? Oh, oh. Is
3: that what it was? No, exactly.
2: No. Yeah. There's there some interest. Like, some fit and some don't. Right, right. I, I try to get behind Chris Candida's backing, but I mean, first of all, I think as much as I love ACDC, I think ECW uses too much of their music. Because they've already got what? Highway to Hell for High, Spike. Highway to Hell for
3: Spike. Big Balls, balls for... for Balls
2: Mahoney. Yeah, it, It's... It, it's Pretty much any AC/DC song could be an entrance theme. Every one of them. Every yeah. Yeah, just about any one of them. If Big Balls could be an entrance theme, then they all could
3: be. Yeah. So, uh, I again, I forget what the time code is on when this happens, but when it breaks down, I just want to just this is what I want to bat around here to start off with. Starting with Jason, what did you think when this became a tag match? Did that did you like that, or did you think that kind of worked against what they were already doing?
5: Uh, I the match was. Already kind of I mean, it was a, a good wrestling match, but I feel it was kind of boring because yeah. I even have written down when last Storm's last storm shows up because he thinks the match is boring, um, <laughs> which is <and> ironic. <laughs> we all. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that ought to tell you. But and then like it was OK, but I think that I would have rather have seen last storm go one on one with Jerry Lynn. Um, as yeah. opposed to them sandwiched in this, because it once it gets to a tag match, it's only what like another four to five minutes.
3: Yeah, it doesn't last very long. Like it's it's it's,
2: and, and yeah. it, I think it's interesting that the two performers that are arguably the the best of the four are the ones that are added to the tag match. Right, like that should have been the match in the first place was right. their one on one match or the tag match simply on its own. So I'm thinking something either got
3: cut. Oh it's a, or, it feels like time because we talked about does. this. This match mm-hmm. what are we are we talking like 6 7 matches? It's really not a, a a very stacked card in terms of quantity. So it definitely feels like there are times where they mm-hmm. are adding. And I think we're going to come into this also living dangerously where there is some weird time issues when it comes to how things are spaced out. I do want to get Martin Martin what's how did you feel? Did you did you like it more with Candido and Rogers or did you like the tag match more that it became? <laughs>
4: Calido and Rogers had already had a match. That would have been fine. End it. Have Lynn and Storm run out, and then for the ref to go, "Well, you're here. You two have a match." It screams of we haven't got enough talent in the building to fill this card.
3: Right.
4: So that's slightly, <laughs> slightly concerning. And yeah, the <laughs> match had already, the match had already burned itself out. So. There was no real heat. The only th- the only th- thing that came from it was like a million and one Teddy Long flashbacks. Oh I know. Yeah. that's exactly what
3: I wrote. I <laughs> well, I, I was going to do
4: a, te- a Teddy Long impression, and I, this is I swear this is true. Um, letting him you know, pulling the magic behind the curtain. Um, I was going to do a Teddy Long impression, and I tried it today alone, and it sounds like um, Colonel Robert Parker. Oh, that Which is, is like awesome. a triple threat of racism: a white guy trying to do a black guy, but sounding like a white guy who was a slave owner.
3: This this is for Henry. Uh, can you do "Ain't He Great" as the Tennessee Lee portion oh, of yeah. Buddy Lee Parker as Teddy Long? This will be so awesome. <laughs>
4: mm. Well, just do the "Ain't He Great." Yeah,
3: way? just do that.
4: Ain't he great? <laughs> that what is what a deplorable? That, that is awesome. Oh. I want. I'm gonna have to snip at that,
3: and that's gonna have to just kind of be
5: our bumper. Oh, Wayne, is that, is
4: that, that's everybody's new ringtone. Isn't it? it definitely
5: will be my Martin Dixon Twitter text message. That's
3: for sure. Um, Do you notice Candido?
2: He's
5: was, the world's greatest wrestler.
2: <laughs> Candido, uh, he does it on this show, and I believe he does it living dangerously. He mocks Ric Flair. Yeah.
4: Yeah, like when as if we don't get enough of that with Douglas.
3: Oh, we'll get to that. Mm. <laughs> Shane Cena. <laughs> oh.
5: Hey, it's uh, This is, it, right off the bat, the first match, Joey Styles is already talking about how there are no mats mm. again for yeah. ECW. So is this a good time to run the ECW in memoriam, you know, since they mm. want to keep bringing up, hey, we ain't got any mats. Okay, well. Now, look how many
3: of your guys are gone. Did
4: you guys yeah, know oh, and maybe also, it, go ahead.
3: Also,
5: go ahead, Martin.
4: there are mats.
3: That's what I was gonna say. There it's, are. It, I thought so. Yes. Yeah, they're just like, flesh colored right. or they look more like the like what you would you know, if you're not looking closely, it kind of resembles what the ground would look like in any gymnasium right. or you know, small auditorium. So um that's a good point you make there on it. I uh, I love the the tamikaze compared to the, the kill switch. It looks fierce. Like it looks like Lance Storm is legitimately hurt. Just like, remember, Matt Hardy's nose got broken by it? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, just obliterated it. Like, this, like, I, I do love when you see some of these moves that are a little bit edgier. And we've seen how they've gotten kind of, you know, you know, watered down over the years to where, like, they're, they've, they've tried to make them a little bit, maybe overly safe. Seeing it in this kind of gritty form is great because it's just like, that's a finishing move. Like, I would believe if you take that over, it's done. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it's not. As I, as I contradict myself <laughs> immediately because um, I always love a match like this end with like Northern Lights suplex for the yeah. win. It's like whoa, <laughs> look that, at that bridge. That's it. Like oh, oh. But um, but yeah, that's Candido hits that Northern Lights on Rogers and um, the team of him and Storm end up picking up the uh, the W here. So overall, like as we we lo- we are big on talking about openers. We all like to talk about them, and it's important because. You can't really get a good show off the bat with a crappy opener. We've seen that with the WCW shows, saw it a couple of WWF ones. Did you guys like this overall? Do you think it satisfied that requirement to get things going? Starting with Jason, what do you think?
5: I think it started slow. It was real boring. I think once the tag guys got in, as much as I didn't like it, I think it brought the crowd a little more into it. Yeah. Um, it definitely amped them up a little bit. I think seeing, uh, Chris Candino's nice big brown eye helped everybody get in the mood, so <laughs> to speak.
3: Yeah. The crowd really, uh, they caught, they, they ate that up. They ate that up. Yeah. My big,
2: oh, my oh. big takeaway with it. Did you notice Jerry Lynn's haircut?
3: I vaguely remember because my has been, he <laughs> looks, he looked like Alan
2: DeGeneres. Yeah.
3: What, Ellen Ellen Circa sitcom? Yeah,
2: sitcom, like season two. Okay, Like like this wasn't...
4: So he's a Ellen DeGerrius.
3: Ellen That's awesome. That's a Photoshop project on the way.
2: (laughs) Uh, But to to, to go back to Candido, I I do like the concept of that he does have a gimmick. And I, I attribute it to being... He's a little guy who happens to be a power wrestler, right. and I I do like that. The problem is one one thing ECW does, and it's not just with him; it's with a couple other guys. ECW downplays the power bomb. They do like everybody has. Everybody one. does a power bomb, and, and none of them are good enough for a three unless it's off the top rope. Right, mm-hmm. right.
3: So, Martin, overall, what did you think? about this as an opener. Do you think it was good? Do you think it was solid? Do you think it satisfied getting the crowd amped for the rest of this?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, once it once it got going, it was great. It's just it, because most of these shows I have no knowledge of going in. So, you know, Tommy Rogers wanders out and it's like, who the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Joey can, can play it up as much as he wants. Oh, this is going to be a sleeper thing. You know, It's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And yeah, it does get going. The tag match is fun, but feels a bit inconsequential because we've had a 16, nearly 16-minute 16 match beforehand. So it's great for what it is because there's a lot of good action, but it's, uh, I find a reason to struggle in gear because, you know, are Lance Storm and Chris Candino a team? Are they not? So is Storm in the triple threat? Is he not?
3: Right. That that whole stable but over the next two shows is a bit beguiling in terms of its makeup. But... um. I, I'll be honest, I got I got a little bit scared after this match because I'm like, are all these matches going to be obscenely long? Mm-hmm. And, and I say that purposely because of the next couple matches we're about to get that thankfully kind of righted that ship in a way. Now we go to a video package with Mikey Ripwreck and Justin Credible. This is fascinating because the way this package is set up, it's talking about Mikey obviously getting the win over Austin. And it's a beautiful time to plug it because you know how hot he is to be able to pull back and use that footage... A pre-Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh-huh. that's great. And then they're showing Credible, you know, hitting the tombstone on Great Sasuke. Is that right? Yeah.
4: And uh, um, Sasuke. You Sasuke. An Thank object. you.
3: Thank you. It's Sometimes, like I said, this uh, this autocorrect is fun. Like Ultimo Warrior. But um, anyway, <laughs> the thing I found fascinating in this package, though, is how they build both. Like, I haven't seen this really before. Where two guys are billed as upset-minded. Like, they're both underdogs in a way. And I think that's weird because, like, then it's it's
2: what the hell I, are we doing?
3: Here? I don't think of heels as underdogs. Like, that's just not the the way. That's not a connotation I want to associate with them. But regardless, it sets up our next match. And um, right off the bat, like the music here, pretty damn good. I I, I enjoy the Megadeth for for Justin Crowe. Isn't that Megadeth?
2: That's um, uh, yes. I think it's White Zombie. Yes. No, 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 not um. What's the name of that band? I know the band that covers the song on the ECW album. Uh, it's it's
5: P-R-O-N-G, P-R-O-N-G.
2: Prong. Prong. Snap your fingers, snap your neck. Yeah, that's a yeah. cool song.
3: I enjoyed Pepper, though, for um, for Mikey Ripwreck, that You yeah. came out to to Butthole Surfers. I thought it was kind of funny because <laughs> that song is <laughs> – when I hear that on the radio, I'm like, oh, I never would have think when that comes on because I'm always like, okay, all right, this will be good for the next three minutes or so. But sometimes I'm I'm like, oh, okay, right on. But um, I don't know who the fuck this Jason guy is. It was just incredible. I, I forgot about. He Jason. is
4: the mutant offspring of Sean Stasiak and Buff Bagwell. That's yeah. a little bit of Rick Rude.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a lot of gimmick infringement going on here. Did you notice the chant that Jason got when he came out? Mm-mm. Never heard this one before. Sorry, folks. <sighs> faggot (laughs) faggot chant I was like oh my god (laughs) yeah
5: Monaco (laughs) you get a uh, in the the JVC super headphone pickup of the night you get some guy going jeez people can you shut up with this (laughs) hilarious a
4: sensible fan (laughs) yeah we need to find that guy and send him, like, a a, a muffin basket.
3: There's a guy later that gets picked muffin up. Muffin
4: basket. <laughs> 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 what the hell's that? So, it's a basket of muffins. I, I got that.
3: I do love the, the chant, though. <laughs> I love the Aldo chant that they throw <laughs> yeah. at Justin yeah. I think that's still great when they do that. But this is a very fast, quick match. There's not a lot, like, they. they it's the complete antithesis of what we just saw in a way. And it ends very quickly with... Mikey whipwreck hitting a top rope stunner. Obviously, the whipper stepper. The whipper Because it's the, with the left arm. Right. But I was like, damn, that's that's another one of these super finishers where I'm like, count to six, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> God <laughs>
2: dang, man. Why um, do you, why do they distract the referee? Why why do they do this?
5: Yeah. Right? Like, it's wh- ECW, it's not needed.
2: Yeah, it's just not and, and we'll see this more and more. Like, with with rope breaks and five counts and tags, it's just... I have never seen a disqualification in my life in ECW.
4: ECW is Schrodinger's rule sets. The rules may or may not apply, depending on whether you're looking at it or not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, to kind of bad this one around, like, um, uh, oh, just real quick, afterwards, is there... No, there's nothing really much afterwards with this, uh, to be honest, aftermath of the match, but to kind of bad this one around, again, starting with uh, the real Jason over here, Um, what did you think of this, man? Did you like this? Because I I thought it was a pretty good second match. You kind of pick up the pieces of that first one. What did you think?
5: I thought there were too many crotch chops, but then I was like, oh, it's November of 1997, so DX is really getting rolling. Um, So that's why. Like, everybody was doing them. Uh, I mean, it was fun. It was, like, super quick. That build-up going into it made it, like, you know, kind of a, oh, well, they're trying to build up two different people here. Uh but and it goes very, very quick and then Mikey Whipper with the whippersnapper, which is still the the best n- name for a finishing move ever. I wish he could still wrestle now and be an old guy. You young Whipper snappers and just breaking young guys' necks.
4: It is pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be
3: awesome. Charlie, your thoughts on the match.
5: It's it's all right. Uh it, it could have been a
2: it could have been a decent opener. You you added maybe three or four minutes to the match. Yeah.
3: overall though it didn't
2: really leave a lasting impression. I guess Struggling to recollect everything other than the top rope stunner, which I was. That was a move I used to do with my action figures. You know, I never thought I'd Yokozuna see that. Yokozuna is
3: not taking that, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yoko's not taking that. Uh,
2: 500 pound savage body slamming. I shit my pants. <laughs> Martin. What? On,
3: <laughs> Martin, on your end. Sounds
4: broken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like this, which is amazing considering that for me, the former Aldo Montoya is just intolerable.
2: <laughs> oh, never
4: heard that one. Bam! Bam. Yeah, uh, oh, wait, no, I, oh, we got it. I, I, I like, Whoa. I like Mikey. I, I admire early, awesome. just incredible. Before the the rot sets in and it becomes a true pain in the ass. Yep. Um, yeah, this this starts at a million miles an hour and just keeps going. I'm trying. Uh, to- <laughs> like I said, uh, I'm a huge fan of both guys. It's a good. I don't want to say cruiserweight because there's not a huge amount of flips, but it's a good light heavyweight match. if, if that makes sense it's like no, a junior no, heavyweight thing. Yeah. Um so yeah I big big thumbs up from me for this I, one.
3: I think that the success of this match lies in the fact that they went they they took less time. They, it was a it wasn't the timing of the match just having it shorter. They
2: accomplished more in a, yes. in a short span. Yeah. Like because
3: what did opener do? If it, regardless of your opener, if it's a good opener that's a long match, or if it's a so so opener that's a long match, you've got to dial it back and have. Like, I remember this being kind of a WWF formula as well. Like, I remember specifically, I always remember WrestleMania 7, but like when you get past Rockers versus Barbarian and Haku, you get these, you get like, you know, Dino Bravo versus the Texas Tornado, which, you know, there's not a lot going on there, folks. There's, that's pretty what much just. Gun? Yeah. <laughs> was not here one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's good because it's just like, oh, okay, great. Like, you know, you're not having to worry about just being settled in for like 20 minutes with each of these matches. The other thing I just kept thinking was, I don't remember in our, in our WCW run if we ever got to really see Mikey Whipwreck in action. Oh, I think be. sparingly, I know he was around because they signed him, but all I kept thinking during this was, He never would have worked there. It was... That's such a... I mean, obviously they offered him money.
4: Didn't they have him in the hardcore division? Like, with Sandman? Yeah. yeah. When they brought him in, they brought him in to feud with Kidman. So his first match in WCW was a pay-per-view match with Kidman for the Cruiserweight title. I think it's Uncensored 99, that classic of a show. (laughs) The very next pay-per-view, Scotty Riggs just jobs him out completely. Uh And then that's it. Yeah. he's, He's just... TV jobber
3: guy. There was a Bret Hart story where he was just like, a, they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're going to screw you up. Because Mikey was saying something to him. He was like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, he just <laughs> quickly shoved it off. I, there, I read, a, read a great Bret uh, Berries, now the Freebirds, for getting into the Hall of Fame before Owen oh. and Rick Root. And it was awesome. Like, they were just a bunch of pillheads. you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they were. The old old man Brett is
4: fantastic,
3: <laughs> man. So all they were just getting—they didn't draw a dime for WWF. They didn't <laughs> do anything. WWF. They didn't do anything. You made a lot of money, you know, and <laughs> it's it's awesome. But you know, good God, we go from this match now. We go backstage. To Al Snow cutting a promo on head with pretty much a BWO. Is that all of them present? I don't know. If I, I, most of them present, at least. I found this hard to hear. Yep, I could not hear this very well, and I don't blame. Obviously. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with, the. I think, the recording itself. I just think the sound mixing tonight is very bad. And you're going to hear it in the theater, or in the, say a theater the auditorium, uh-huh. later. It's just the mixing seems just a little bit off. Did you guys have a hard time hearing this, or is it just me? I just want to kind of get a pulse check on that.
5: It was incoherent, and there was so much reverb in that locker room. Like, I, I couldn't make out what he was saying. I thought it was part of the fun, but... I I don't know. I couldn't understand what he was saying at all.
4: The the gist of it seems to be that he was upset at head because he didn't have a match on the pay per view.
3: Oh, okay. Well, that's a legitimate reason to be angry at a mannequin head. I. That's motivation. Yeah, at, bad at at it.
4: something. I, I know at some point you mentions not not getting a chance to job on the PPV.
3: Yeah. Okay. It's fascinating too because we just saw we saw him at Hardcore Heaven against RVD and he was still kind of in between or he was. Just coming out of looks like his his new rockers phase, mm-hmm. and then not quite though into where we see him now. And what's amazing is like he's going to be in WWF in like less than six months. Right, he'll be there. King of the Ring. It's going to be incredible. Even before then, he's in there oh, in May. Right, but His match. Yeah, with yeah, with Lawler. I mean that <clears throat> the thing that and the thing that's great about watching these shows is you can see where his popularity comes from because when he showed up in WWF, it was like, oh, okay like I didn't I didn't think much of him at the time like obviously we kind of changed over the years with some of the things he would do but it's fascinating here to see now where he's gone in a period of only like a short like really only a few months to reinventing himself now it's, it's <coughs> cool. a really textbook example of <clears throat> leaving WWF
2: going somewhere else raising your own profile your own stock and then WWF wanting you and wanting to use what you've done and then Becoming better than you were, like Alice knows, a textbook example of that.
3: Yeah. Um, from there, though, we go to now our video package for later on Sabu versus the Sandman. This thing is a this is even this is brutal to watch just in its own right, especially that broken bottle smash. Like I I noted that Holy one just looking shit. just excessively brutal. <laughs> but fuck you, Sandman! I, I'll say when I saw this on the card, I was like, "Oh, all right." And it's a tables and ladders match, right?
2: Aren't they all exactly? <laughs> I mean, whatever.
3: But now we go into match I was definitely looking forward to, and I think because like I, I think we've definitely did a very, good, we've done a very good job so far of looking at Taz as a character and watching him through barely legal to hardcore heaven, and now kind of seeing how he's being booked and how he's coming across. He's defending the TV title against Pitbull number two. Mm-hmm. So Paul Heyman joins Joey on commentary, which was fascinating. It's a nice little change of pace, I guess to have. Now, two guys in the booth here for the non-main event. Um, Rybol takes control early and dominates with power moves. Uh, Taz, <laughs> <laughs> Taz hits a string of Tazplexes. He gets the mission. It is a quick, it is a squash, practically. And this is um, why the
2: Candido match doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> like, this me.
3: is why the Shane Douglas Pitbull two match doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. either. So what I just want to kind of bat around here, see what you guys thought about seeing Taz squash this guy, who we kind of saw get... Built up fairly strong in this Shane Douglas match. Again, starting with Jason, Like, did you, what did you think of what they did with Taz here, and did you like the match?
5: Well, there wasn't a lot of the match to like. Uh, like, with Paul on commentary is building up pit bull number two. Like, you know, like he's going to be a Goldberg for the ECW. He even says, this, uh, this war can go on all night. And literally 10 seconds after he finishes saying that is where he's tapping. The match was 94 <laughs> seconds long.
3: You think that's deliberate though? You think that's deliberate to build you build up that guy just to show you how much better Taz is by slapping that on?
4: The thing is though, it doesn't make Taz look more of a badass, it just makes Pitbull 2 look like more of a pussy. <laughs> See, I
3: I think the reverse though. I do. I do think it makes Taz it finally like kinda legitimizes like what at least how Taz has been booked as a, well, not booked, how he looks as a character, how he's held himself as a character. Like, the guy's a badass. Remember that video package we saw where everybody, like, even, like, somebody's dog gets a Taz mission put on him? Everybody eats a Taz mission. (laughs) And that's why, like, it it was frustrating to watch that Candido match because it's like, we just saw this and why are you having so much trouble with, you know, basically a, a junior heavyweight? You know, even though I know Taz isn't the biggest guy, but still, like, he should be destroying that guy. So he's like Jack Reacher. Charlie, do you not like? What did you? What, what did you? Th-
2: <laughs> not the biggest guy, but he's very imposing and he can do some fucking damage. <laughs> what did you think of this man? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I, I didn't care for it uh, because, like, like we were saying with Shane Douglas, with his eighteen belly-to-belly uh, suplexes, not being able to get a pinfall on uh, Pitbull why Taz can just absolutely destroy him, and yet Taz had a hard time with Chris Candido. Hell, even Sabu. Well, you like, got to
3: write the ship at some point. Like, I mean, right. you're going to have to make a hard... You're going to have to do a hard-lining thing. Like, it's either... either- but, but what's it for, though?
2: I mean, obviously, we know what it's for. Right. Coming down the line. Right. But at the same time, it just it seems to be uh, counter counterproductive. Like, it, it helps Taz, but it hurts Pitbull. It makes me think Pitbull screwed up somewhere down the line. Uh, like, he might have pissed somebody off. He's not on the next
3: show, or or Shane just wanted to go long because he wanted Maybe. to go long. You know, with
2: it just it, it's bad for continuity. And I mean, yes, it makes Taz look strong, but it, it undoes everything that we've seen it, so far from Pitbull too.
3: At least though, if you're gonna do this, they did it with the right guy versus having oh, Pitbull yeah. being the one. To Chris Chetty, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like <laughs> if anyone's gonna like if anyone's gonna benefit from this, they pick the right guy to put. Mm-hmm. That wreath on with being Taz. So, Martin, what did you think about it, man?
4: It was fine for what it is. It was distressingly short, though. Considering, you know, Heyman is dragged out there to put over Pitbull too, and like Jason said, within seconds after doing so, he's tapping. It makes Heyman look kind of like an idiot. Well, hey. or, you know, Paulie dangerously. Like Heyman didn't character. know to
3: finish. <laughs> I do like – oh, go ahead, Martin. Sorry. Go ahead.
4: No, no, no. I was just going to reiterate the thing. It just makes everybody look a bit foolish apart from Taz.
2: I do like that he called Taz the most miserable son of a bitch in professional wrestling. That's a good line.
5: Yeah. Um, They're going for that gimmick because stay. I, I thought that was weird at first and then that stays with him. Um, my thing is, is this guy is still pill, bull number two. Pitbull number one hasn't wrestled in a long time. Like, he's n- he's just now a manager character. Wouldn't it be time to give them names? <laughs> or, switch
3: yeah. the or
2: switch
5: the <laughs> numbers? <laughs> yeah, switch the numbers.
3: Now I'm Pitbull number one. Now. I'm Pitbull Prime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You can be Pitbull 1A or something like that. I'm Pitbull Prime. Well, I was going to say, to Jason's one, point about bringing bring up. A what, what I love with Jason bringing up Pitbull 1 is he tries to get involved. He runs his hands through his hair and eats it. Like, the mm. wrong time to run your hand through your long hair is in front of Taz because immediately he gets Tazplex to oblivion. And then Brockus. <laughs> that shit cracked me up. Him just trying to act big and tough on the outside and Taz just like. I forget what he says, but him just taunting him is I'm awesome. gonna show
4: you the difference between cum drunk and punch drunk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I just absolutely loved it. But then like like Heyman's like immediately like he, he starts like booking on the flies like, Alright, you know what, why don't we go to that bam Bam throwing Spike into the audience thing? And then, ta- Sure enough, ta-
4: sure ta- yes.
3: wow! Yeah, we get to see.
2: Him.
4: Yeah, that's is Taz is choking out that security guy. Isn't it? I know. Oh,
2: he. Oh, he, oh he's that guy. other
4: security.
3: Yeah, that guy. Oh God, that I I kept wondering, like, what type of security are you to where you are confronting the performers? Mm-hmm. Like you're not focused on the right that's things. A job. job, you're not going to get a good reference tonight for another no. kid. You're not. You're not going to get a good reference. So. <laughs>
4: He's not, not going
3: to work the Springsteen gig. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use my name. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so we talk about the video with it. We get to see uh, it's it's an interesting masher of things with with Bam Bam throwing spike in the audience. We get Rick Root in there, Shane Douglas in there. It's an it's a nice little package here throwing in between. We come out of that, and Tommy Rich is now on the mic. With just the worst, just what we needed, the worst like throwback promo. And I understand Tommy Rich mad respect. He's an end, he's a true NWA world champion. Beat Ric Flair, isn't that right? And then we beat mm-hmm. for it. Beat Ric Flair, you know, uh, was highly touted. Things of that nature. This role with him with FBI is it's simultaneously hilarious and ridiculous at the same time, but he's throwing out some, he's throwing out a, a, terrible out-of-control promo that Devon thankfully ends. And then, as, you know of course, he gets destroyed by the crowd. The crowd just... Man, the way they, they munch on Devon is hilarious. They really, yeah,
2: the, the Dudley's have that nuclear heat.
3: And then, of course, Gertner takes 20 minutes with his entry. But you know what? To his credit, he's entertaining. The, and, the Rubik's Cube line is, oh, is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this sets us up for... What is he? So,
4: I love, I love. Gertner's line: "What a marvelous night for an evening."
5: That
4: <laughs> <laughs> about sums it up.
5: His line, his lines for Devon: "The most righteous brother in the building." <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, like that's a good hook on something.
2: I mean, all the other ones, new Jack. I mean, you see that crown? <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly <laughs> stiff competition. <laughs>
3: This well, we're this this is probably this is one of those matches where it's extremely hard to take great notes on because it's just a, a mess of fun oh, and man. and and ridiculous at the same time. But we've got the Dudleys versus the Full Blooded Italians versus Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney versus Cronus and New Jack. The Gangstanaids. <laughs> so hell. So um, in typical New Jack fashion. He doesn't come out until five, five minutes, minutes into the match five minutes in which i, I not being super familiar with the uh, the styling of of new Jack and the way his his repertoire when it comes to his ring psychology as well I did, was not familiar with him coming out five minutes after a match starts, but I mean this thing is just all over the place immediately and um you know, just to kind of walk us through this. The other thing, I and again, not being super familiar, the fact that their music is going to be played the entire duration of instant one star. <laughs> <laughs> and if they win the match, <laughs> I just keep playing it. I'm going to flip this one around because so this one goes all over. everybody. I think everybody bleeds. If I'm not mistaken, it's a
4: cheese grater. Yep. Tommy's... This is Hepatitis the Wrestling
3: Match. Before I start yeah. batting this one around, the one I want to talk about is Tommy Rich's. The way he gets, he, whether it was a hard way or whether it was a blade job, the, where he starts, like, it's like he's psyching himself up as he's jumping up and down like, I'm fucking bleeding! <laughs>
0: God damn
1: it! It's MWA.
3: It's so <laughs> When Rick Flair used to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> it is the funniest thing to see. So, I'm going to do the reverse. I want to bat this one around to start off with. Just start. Jason, like, we finally have gotten to see one of the, like, this is like, this is kind of the classic ECW type of match that we're really getting to dig ourselves into. What did you think of this just kind of out of control tag match? Did you like this a lot? Were you a big fan of it? Or what were some of the spots you liked too?
5: I was not a fan of this. Um, you, can't, you can't hear Joey Styles. Nope. Uh, Cronus, John Cronus, tries to pin a guy who's not even in the match. I know. Um, You know, so even there's so much chaos that the participants don't know what's going on. My partner. Um Bubba looked like a monster, though. How
3: about yeah, that he? plancha? That plancha he does is amazing, considering this is not... Bully Ray-sized Bubba Dudley. This is big fucking fat fuck Bubba Dudley doing a plancha. Fat fuck Bubba Dudley. <laughs> wow.
2: His, weight.
4: What you for that.
3: His weight fluctuates
2: <laughs> too. Sometimes he's 350. <laughs> sometimes he's 375. <laughs> Go ahead though, Jason. Is I apologize. I do if
5: he's shit before the match or not. <laughs> yeah.
3: Go ahead though with the rest of your point, um, man. Oh,
5: it's, yeah, the uh, Bubba almost killing little Guido. With that uh, neck first into the turnbuckle, oh little, God, little yeah. spot that he does. Yeah. Uh, I, I nominate that for the best of luck spot of the night. Yes, um, <laughs> the, fuck I, you, the, the Yeah, that's the hey, hey. You you just don't work. Um, the I like that the the ref bump happens, and then the new ref is concerned for his <laughs> peer.
1: I
0: know. <laughs> <Yes>.
5: I know. <laughs> Like WWE, it's like, fuck you, Patrick. <laughs> like, yeah. But I didn't realize that this ref that was coming in was like storyline ref because he goes into business for himself. Yes. Kicking people in the nuts. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, he gets the crowd like pissed off. Oh, man. Ben the
3: ref. <laughs> what other, like any other, like, um, are there any other spots that really stuck out to you, man? That really, like, you're like, whoa, like, anyone that took you back?
5: No, well, I mean, I've just got more stuff about Bubba. Like, he does a a fucking amazing Samoan drop to somebody. I don't, I didn't even write down who it was. I
3: wrote it was the it's fuck like, you Samoan drop is what it was. Yeah. I, I think that's...
5: <laughs> we've been, yeah, we've been around each other too much because my notes earlier were all, for the first match, all this shit and Northern Lights Suplex for the finish, and I have Bubba with an impressive, literal fuck you Samoan drop. So <laughs> it, it's uh, crazy. What it like...
3: Because the thing is too, and I'm gonna, th- it's, I'm gonna throw it at Charlie here in a second. The the thing that's funny is when you let New Jack and Cronus come out five minutes after, with just the, the kind of extra stuff they get, the music playing. Obviously, they bring like you know the hardware store with them. Like you would think, like these guys are booked to be like the monsters of the match. And they're pretty much eliminated. Well, I was going to say, the final two teams were not
2: the teams I was expecting.
3: No. At all. So go ahead and dive into it. This is like what, what I was talking about with Jason. What did you think of it? Are there spots that stuck out to you? What did you think overall?
2: I think it's shit. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I, I can imagine seeing this uh, back when I was a kid and enjoying it. Because ECW was just so different at the time. You know, it... it they were just doing things in wrestling that no other company was doing, and i that's what I gravitated towards in, in the beginning. But uh, honestly, the most memorable thing for me is when the match ends, uh, Jeff Jones, for some reason, counts to four.
3: Oh, my God.
2: Just to be sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then it's over. So it's, I don't know. As long as, I mean, the fact that New Jack and Cronus were eliminated early and they could fucking turn that music off
3: was just a relief. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, same question to you.
4: This is utterly terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love the reviews. I feel like there's a poster for this match. The and shit. It's <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
4: Critics agree. <laughs> I am with it, like, teenage me would have eaten this up, would have thought it was like the most craziest, hilarious thing ever, but to, yeah, this, this cannot be chronicled. This entire match cannot be chronicled. It is just a... St- a steaming clusterfuck from start to finish. There's no rhyme or reason. It doesn't make but here's sense. What's crazy. No, nothing. It's exactly nothing what the happens. crowd it's wants. It's like the complete antithesis of wrestling. Right. There's right. no but. story. There's no weight or impact or heft. Yet yeah, everybody bleeds. <laughs> That's, right. That's so blood means nothing.
3: Bring that up again, though. What you I just said. I think the match like the and I agree. Like there there's, I mean, this type of match like. You're, you're, there's not a lot of great takeaways from this except just the most insane spots. And I think, though, this match works in a way because I think it's exactly what the crowd wanted and I think what they needed based on yeah. where, where we're at in the card. Because I, I dare say, I don't know if the card ever – I don't know if the crowd – Ever recovers fully from this match because it is so insane. It is so all over the place with all of these different spots. I really do like Axel and Balls as a team. Mm-hmm. I think they are yep. fantastic. I really dig their look, the way they work, and it, they, the blonde I, hair, the dark hair. Yeah, yeah. man, like it's it's <laughs> it's insane to me. It's insane to me. Those guys right. together didn't move on, you know, somewhere because I really do think like that would have been a great tag team. Whether it was in a better time WCW or in WWF. But then again, they do get the Dudley, so they probably do get the better trade-off between the two. So just real quick, just to recap the finish of here, as as you're talking about, uh, Jeff Jones does like an eight-count quick count for the FBI to win and become the new tag team champions. What's hilarious is afterwards, like, Rotten, I think, threatens Finnegan with a chair. Like, the ref that got murdered, he's threatening him, I think. And then Tommy and... uh, Then we just are we don't see like what happens. Like we meet, all right, well, let's go to Tommy and Beulah entering the arena. They do this hard cut almost (laughs) to where it's like, we'll never know what happened.
5: (laughs) What happened to (laughs) Finnegan? As great as, as, as low as our opinions were of that match. And, you know, you can, you can hear the ravenous, like blood rage of the crowd coming through, uh, during when they're playing natural born killers and everything. But, you know, I think it's the same guy who was very sensitive to the, the faggot chant, um, wasn't a fan of that because he's got uh, – that was some WCW yes! type of bullshit. I, that's exactly
3: <laughs> the next note I have because I, 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 I rewound it because it was one I caught, and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And the thing is, we're not even at the level of where WCW yeah, would really be pulling us. That is a great <laughs> pull. That is a fantastic pull because that's exactly the next thing because I think you hear it like
5: – its You hear it. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. That's what I've gotten right down is I can I can hear a fan. <laughs> Bitching in the crowd. I can't hear the wrestler walking in the back. Probably the cameraman. <laughs> Just commenting, <laughs> really com- commenting on the company he
2: works.
3: Hey, Tom Armstrong here. You know, don't like that match, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go see a Stillers game here. <laughs> Let's get going. Notice um, uh, before not- we
4: move on. There's one thing I forgot as well. Um, when Big Dick Dudley goes up for a moonsault, yes, Big Dick Dudley goes up for a moonsault. Mm. Um, Gertner has to hold his hand. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Can you imagine Paul Bear holding the Undertaker's hand for old school? Yeah. For old school. <laughs> <laughs> All the balance,
1: Undertaker. <laughs>
3: These top ropes were not tightened titan- <laughs> and and Undertaker. Oh God! I blame Dave
5: Abner.
3: Do- <laughs> so do you notice Tommy shirt? What was that? Say that again.
5: That, what was that? That was me doing a horrible Paul hand. <laughs> uh, Paul, Han- Paul Bear saying, "Your equilibrium, Undertaker." Oh my was, God! I'm sound- going off with. It's, Undertaker taken out by an ear infection. Oh,
3: it's, I, I thought legitimately someone got killed on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, that,
1: yeah. Was,
3: that was good selling. Yeah. Um, the video package for this next is uh, we get Tommy Dreamer versus Rob Van Dam, which, again, we're carrying on this invasion storyline, or what's left of it, it feels like here. Did you notice that T-shirt he was wearing? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It
2: was Mad Max 2. It didn't say yeah. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Mad Max 2. <laughs> Fucking awesome.
3: So... We come out of the package here. It's, it's a pretty good video package. How much you say else about it? Joey tells us that Bam Bam and Shane have refused to do any interviews before the world title Thank match. God. I know. That's, <laughs> that's the next note. Thank God. Like, I think of that, that. Just fight. Just. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Oh, I was so happy to hear that. Because, God bless Bam Bam. But no, Bam no,
2: Bam's fine. Not, he's
3: still not the best promo guy. And no. if, if that means we have to lose his promo because we're losing Shane Douglas's, then I'm perfectly fine with it. So, Here's the thing I'm confusing about this. Like when I cuz I looked this up first. I always look at the card first before I watch. And I saw I thought I saw flag versus flag. So I'm like, "Oh, is this going to be one of those uh we got it on a pole, we have mm-hmm. to go grab it type of things or or what?
2: Wasn't in the budget.
3: It's not at all a part of this match. It's I guess it's literally just I'm the ECW guy versus the WWF guy and we're representing our flags. Do you like that in November
2: Whatever. of ninety seven? The ECW, I mean, they don't say it, but they're pretty much insinuating that WWF is num- the number one company.
3: Yeah, they do though. That's yeah, exactly isn't that interesting because they weren't at the no. time, but no.
2: that's the way ECW saw it.
3: <laughs> Real quick, I, I want to bring this up because when you said November, I minute mean, it click. Did you guys look at the mat? Did it? Did the apron look weird the way November was, um, like the font or something about it? Like honestly, like it, the V is what I am talking about in November. Anyone else? I'm going to move on from this if no one saw it, but mm-hmm. I just.
4: Oh. No, I didn't.
5: Well, it looked like they cut the letters off of other aprons and posted it up there. Maybe. Maybe that's it. it. The
4: Zodiac paper. The, the V
3: is what I'm talking about. If you look at the V in November, it looks like almost a B. The no, the November. November. No, November
2: to November. November to
3: November.
2: But no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Get. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sounds
3: broken. <laughs> Regards. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy and that tattoo. Regards. <laughs> it looks like. Um, oh, I forget the comedian. That's who reminded me of. But anyway, um. So, right off the bat, RVD gets the proper walk theme. Now yep. we're in. The, we're starting to get into. We're shaping into the proper Rob Van Dam territory. But I wanted to. to, to, to the earlier points, man. I just want to bat this around real quick. Did you guys have any comprehension of this 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 invasion is still or quote unquote invasion
5: Jason, what did like did you like did you think it went on this long? Uh, on the ECW side, I remember it being this long, but it seemed to be like a one sided invasion because you weren't really seeing ECW guys popping up on WWF television if I remember correctly. Like at this point. they had had enough of their own shit going on i mean this is like you know brett heel and sean turning heel and dx forming and and stone cold popping up they they didn't need that
3: man could you imagine that if you you're juggling all those storylines and you throw this in there as well man shotgun saturday night would have been a lot more fun (laughs) (laughs) man Undertaker Tombstones, was he, Tombstone Triple H oh, on, on the, the on the escalator?
5: <laughs> Candido, Chris Candido shows up to beat up Fondo Elmo when he's sleeping with Sonny. Candido's <laughs> doing the powerbomb off the, the subway. Oh, oh you no. know. <laughs> <Two> count. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was on a shotgun sa- I, I remember this clearly. It was on a shotgun Saturday night when Ahmed Johnson was feuding with the nation, when the nation was like Farouk and Crush and Savio and the eight million black guys in tuxedos. And they, it was when Shotgun was alive, and they were in some nightclub, and beats the shit out of them, Ahmed chases one of the guys out, and Pearl River plunges him on the roof of a taxi.
4: Yeah, that was D-Lo. Ah, girl,
5: what? D-Lo always got finishing like moves on the top of a car. <laughs> oh, the
4: stunner, the stunner on, the- on the
5: truck.
2: Jesus, that's so fucking cool. So <laughs> Cold's gonna damage his own truck, man. That, <laughs> that's awesome. That is probably my favorite Short match. Oh, yeah. The
3: best doesn't come off. The
2: best never comes off. A fucking comma gets backdropped on the hood. (laughs) I've
3: heard, like, that air he was really paranoid about working. And that's why, like, the Owen match is really short. Oh, it's so... Dude, my favorite part about
2: the Owen match at Survivor Series is there's a guy on the hard cam in the front row, gets up to leave, like, to go get popcorn or something. That's when the stunner hits, and then he sees everyone in front of him stand up, and he turns around and sees what's going on, and he runs back, like, to the barricade. Like, that guy always fascinated me. Oh, shit!
3: So, um, the other thing I think is, um... I think is really funny here is, is the sound, the sound just gets hammered tonight. Dude, the somebody, Sandman somebody maybe. decides, somebody decides nah, 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 Sandman's nah. coming out. Sandman's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no.
4: Just, just hurriedly like trying to finish the last of his cigarette. Oh, shit. <sighs> he doesn't, it's
5: Sandman, he doesn't have to finish his cigarette. Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, might've been a
3: different kind of cigarette gigantic. he was working Yeah. For. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, th- I, what was awesome is the crowd is like
2: no, no! like they're so <laughs> yeah, was, they are
3: so ready to hear that song. It's awesome. But anyway, all right, so we're going to run right back into the similar territory we did with Lawler and Dreamer here with the way this match goes, but there's some hilarious chants. Van Dam's a bitch. Yep. Fuck him up, Dreamer. Sit um, the fuck down, gets a chant. I'm still astounded yeah. by RVD's ability to get heat. It's awesome. Like, he's a great heel. He's a really good yeah. heel. Mm-hmm. And it's understated in his overall career how good of a heel because I, he I
2: don't think of him as a heel.
3: No. Mm-hmm. No. Cause like the only like my memories of Rob Van Dam and ECW are we're not at that point yet where he is oh. just the baddest wrestler that they have. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And he's kind of like a nonchalant, like, hey man, yeah, I'm, I'm the whole fucking right. show. Super <laughs> You know, I mean like that's that's <laughs> that's that's all I've got him. But this thing's interesting. And and of and of course as we're seeing this uh, kind of unfold, we see Van Dam go for the Van Daminator, and I think we see Tommy try to do one that the crowd is not oh, very oh, receptive where, to. Where, where is it? <laughs> the crowd is not happy with Tommy oh, Dreamer's sucks. version of the. <laughs> it's so bad. And did you did the video skip for you here? Yes. Yeah, mine did too. So,
2: I this was when I switched to WWE Network's version.
3: And oh, you needed to get those minutes. I needed
2: to get those minutes because all right. the video so skips. It's fucking and all. Nixon
3: over here yeah. in Watergate. We need those missing
2: minutes.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Run <For the> emails. <laughs> so before I, you get too too deep into the time warp, uh, the way that they introduce Bill Alphonse,
1: yeah, is I
5: that, a the oh, yeah. senior vice president for extreme affairs at WWF.
1: <laughs>
5: that is. Fucking great! I think what, what what you were saying, Will, about you know Tommy or not Tommy Dreamer, can't. RVD is a heel because he's as good as he says says he is. Yeah, you know, like most yeah. faces just kind of play down like, oh, I'm tough, I'm strong, I won't give up. RVD's like, I am the best. Fuck it.
3: Right, and that's bro. comes back to movies, television, yep. whatever medium you look at, um, your your entertainment, your villains or your heels that are the best at doing their job are usually also the your your favorite villains because you're just like, I mean, look at, look Yeah, Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. He's really good at what he does. He's pretty good. Until he encounters his son, he's like, oh, I got to hesitate here a little bit. Which, I've, I've talked, I have I've don't know, I'll talk about the soundscape of that. That thing's a mess, Vader, right?
4: Vader wasn't one for promos, though. No, he
3: no. Was
4: the, he was the Triple H school of promos. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: going to be a long story. Can you imagine Vader doing the water spit through the... Through the... <laughs>
4: ma- <laughs> <laughs> Too hot!
3: <laughs> does we he, used-
4: Does this make Kylo Ren, Shane Douglas? <laughs> oh, God.
3: We used to joke about... Darth Vader, like, <laughs> if we, if you court, if you take a Clint Eastwood fist fight from a movie, the way they're always staged, and have Darth Vader, like, punching towards the camera, like, doing all this bobbing and weaving, <laughs> like Clint Eastwood would, and then punching at the camera, like at Luke or the Emperor, would be amazing. He <laughs> punches the Emperor! <laughs> but then, you, when you flip the Superman camera, when you flip the camera, Palpatine becomes Clubber Lang. it's like that close to...
1: <laughs> and then... And,
3: you, you get the you get the right hand to, like, Vader's side, and Vader's doing the rock. He's like, Ugh! like, just twisting his side as he eats a right hand. To this. this is the fight that we really wanted with Vader and the Emperors. Vader is Clint Eastwood, and the Emperor is Mr. T
5: slash Clubber Lang. That's it. That's the fight. <laughs> so is, is huh? Vader Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino? Because that would add so many different fun elements to that fight. It, it, well,
3: it was more than any which way but loose type of Clint Eastwood. Oh, that, that... <laughs> Especially Dude. if he showed up in the white T-shirt and the brown pants. Yeah, I'm thinking like Darth Vader. <laughs> <as> <laughs> the
1: yes. Darth
2: Vader as the way he looks, but with like Clint Eastwood's widow peak on top of his helmet.
3: Would <laughs> <laughs> be just perfect. Would be great if his if his uh, his pants were pulled up like to his, his chest, like, like Bill like, Hader's exactly impression? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> God, we used to joke about that so much. Just seeing Vader doing that bobbing and weaving, like looking at the game. <laughs> Just jabbing it out. Okay, sorry.
2: The switch to WWE Network, the reason I wanted to do it was because the cut happened, uh, a a weird thing with our video file. And then all of a sudden, Rob Van Dam was bleeding. And I was like, well, I got to know how 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 he's bleeding.
3: He he was in the tag match, apparently. Oh, God. (laughs) So Tommy
2: Tommy Dreamer takes him outside and crotches him on the guardrail and then takes a non-gimmick folding chair and just whacks him right in the face with it. And yeah, and it's legit.
3: Hey man. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um uh let's see. Oh dude, let's... it's my, my favorite moment of the match. It's so
2: good. I think Tommy sets up Rob Van Dam for in the Tree of Woe, yeah. and you can audibly hear a fan scream, Tree of Woe! <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: it's, like, <laughs> it's like the people that call out the 3-D when it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome, but
3: Tree of Woe! Like, body slam! <laughs> yeah, like, oh,
0: yeah <laughs> maestro cradle! <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, <He> In <laughs> oh, WWF really SmackDown games you could have like whenever you performed a move, it, the name of the move would appear at the bottom of the screen. He's the actual one of that.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 so, it's him screaming, Austin Punch number two <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Because he calls out like the the when you go to create your wrestler moveset, hey, there's like Seventeen punches
3: and eleven of them are Steve Austin punches. <laughs> I used to love his punch and no mercy like that. Oh, dude! Well, the
2: problem with that punch and no mercy is that if you're fighting against him, I mean, it's way too easy to block. Oh yeah, so that's that's why I never picked off. Keynes
3: was also the, and Kane was oh, the
2: It's too much setup. I'm like R. That's why Triple H's was my favorite. Just just a really quick
3: jab. Hard to see that coming. So. I love the DDT from the top mm. rip that RVD takes. It, oh, jeez! God, dang! This the again. Like nobody takes a DDT anywhere. However, like nope. Like RVD, Alfonso just waffles the ref with a cookie sheet. I'm heat <laughs> <checking>. <laughs> I mean, What a! I mean, <laughs> this is what we talk about, folks. Yeah. So. Then Jeff Jones, the referee, going into business for himself has a little more business he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> this gets
2: almost <laughs> to like WrestleMania Nine screwy.
5: <laughs> no, with, yeah. with this is so this bonkers. bonkers. The way this nutshots everywhere. Does yeah. yeah. he trying yeah. to nutshot Beulah.
3: Yes, she almost gets trumped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so what you got to do? <laughs> well, then you just call <laughs> Well, isn't isn't uh, is trumping how uh, Mickey James beat Trish? Trump? Yes, yeah. yes, it which is yes, which is edited on the network. Is oh.
2: <laughs> it? It is, and that is a fucking shame because that is an awesome match, it's, and so that it's, moment ben is
3: Maher
4: iconic. Is fine. Well, Benoit is fine.
3: <laughs> <Trump>
4: <laughs> <and> What's
3: <laughs> J- Jason? I think you retweeted it that on CNN. Just seeing, I forget her name Nav- Navarro. I forget her name. When you have the Mexican lady or the Latino lady saying, grab her pussy. Oh, and then it's awesome. the way it's shit, when you look down the line of people's reactions, of people's. <laughs> <laughs> but that blonde
5: bitch. That oh, bitch. she just, she's, just, well, she's like, please,
2: please don't say that word. He goes, you have no problem when Trump said it. And he goes, well, that's not true.
3: And I just, <laughs> just, <laughs> shut up. I, I love just our, our former Lieutenant Governor, Andre Bauer, his reaction. Andre? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he, he looks like from that robot chicken bit it's when my it's so good it's when oprah's doing the you get a this you get a car you get a car and like oh, she asked yeah. that, that guy like what do you want sir I, I just like a sandwich look under your seat he's like mm, it's good what does everyone else want a car look under your seats it's a car and he's so disappointed that everyone else gets a car but him and he has a sandwich but then she looks over at that little girl's like what do you want little girl I want daddy to stop hitting mommy. And then the look on Oprah's face. (laughs) And then it cuts is exactly the look on Andre
5: Bauer's (laughs) To to tie this kind of back to to the match. Who was it that whispered in Beulah's ear, walking super slow is sexy? Cause that entrance, oh, mine. God. God. I was looking to make sure like the video wasn't buffering or something, because it was pretty bad. She was matrixing her walk to the ring. You know, I
3: had I had a bit of a conversation with and yeah, I told <laughs> her I had a bit of a conversation, told her, you know, when you make these entrances, you know, you got to really <laughs> let them drag out. I mean, that's what makes these moments worthwhile, baby. You can have a
2: WrestleMania moment, not even at WrestleMania. Uh, bam! Not a factor. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Oh, man. <laughs> I, who knew that that would come up? There was a, some good chance about because everyone was very anti Raven at ECW because he had already flipped to WCW. Yeah. Yep. A lot of Raven swallows chance.
3: Yeah.
5: That was. And they're a
3: mean crowd. Yeah. they Don't yeah. let them fool you. Those Pittsburghers. are no. pretty angry. <laughs> oh, no, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, like a burger.
3: So, all right. We talked about Jeff Jones. He comes in, and that's when it just completely just gets. Incredible. a double
2: DDT from the uh, referees.
3: Yes, which the crowd just is like, Oh my god! Oh my I god. came here for this. I love referees
5: getting involved. <laughs> 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 a ref gets involved, the timekeeper gets involved, the announcer gets involved. What's on here comes Sabu? It,
3: well, <laughs> this was his I, I have Stevie see, Kick written. I like that. Up? Beulah becomes a ref?
2: All this—that's yeah, WrestleMania nine. Like, it's Jimmy Hart. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, and then later,
3: like other wrestlers become <laughs> refs magically. They got that license. But to talk about when Sabu shows up, yes, of course. Like that, uh, it—I think at that point they must have. when they sent Sabu out, it had to have been like, okay, we're we, we need, need you to kill Beulah. We need to run. Okay. We're, our time is uh, way over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <on
4: this. laughs> I can't hear Joey oh, Styles no, at all. They, before before Sabo even comes out, we get Furnace and LaFarge. That's right. I wrote team Angle And then Steven first, which I was Richards fun. or Stevie Richards.
3: Yeah, Stevie kick. Right, Stevie kick on um, on Dreamer, and then finally, like uh, finally RVD hits the the five star on the trash can. Yep. Which is our finish, but there is a well. Then Sandman and then which
2: explains that fucking thing. Right. That someone just jumped the gun too early <laughs> on the playlist.
3: What <laughs> what yeah. I. What I absolutely love though is when um, when Sandman's music hits. I'm like, oh, we got about six minutes. It's okay. I I, I was like, all right, I don't have to hit. He's pause. walking like, from his car. I need to go get a sandwich.
2: That's
3: <laughs> <You know, laughs> <laughs> good. But overall, like this thing is such a it's a mess of a match, and it really shouldn't be with with a Rob Van Dam type of match, but it is. But certain Jason, what did you think of just this this mess of a match here? I
5: liked it until it got just. Fire everything! I, I liked it until that point. Um, I also thought was weird. Is like you know they they always say well, Tommy Dreamer is the conscience of ECW, oh and then God. but Sa- Sandman is the guy who is ECW. If ECW was a person, it'd be Sandman. So why didn't the person of ECW come out to try to save its heart as opposed to strolling out with his music after the shit is over? Right. <laughs> I, I didn't get that. Like I, I thought that was just kind of bad storytelling. Um, I've got the way that Sandman looks at the end here. I've got his physique can be best described as professional bowler.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
2: By the way,
5: have you guys ever
3: seen Pete Weber, that bowler? Because he's a huge wrestling fan. He's the guy, like, he comes out to the game. Like, he always... <laughs> then, like, and, which is awesome. And he's so... He's,
5: bowling ball spit water?
3: he's really intense. Like, he's, like, ridiculously intense. I think he was an alcoholic. May still be... We don't know. But anyway. Oh, I'd like to see a bowler on when he When he would get a strike, he would do, Suck it! Suck it! Suck it! Yeah! <laughs> like, he would get so into it. He would do the uh, p- PDW. Oh, like with my the, God. He was so it's- into it. You gotta look it up because like there's this he a couple years ago he won a big tournament and what was hilarious was you hear the game kind of crank up after he hits it but he has this line and he's like who do you think you are I am <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the fuck is that that's a Scott what, what Steiner
3: promo <laughs> I, he says who do you think you are I am and it's like what.
2: What does that even mean, sir? The, 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 I know you are, but won't get fooled again. The, the, the
3: cut, though, is to his wife. And his wife has this look on her face like, I'm so embarrassed. I just want to get in the station wagon now. I just, <laughs> <laughs> the family she truckster. Bowling? bowling, yeah. This is professional bowling. Pete Weber, if you look him up, he has some great explosions of just anger and frustration. But he is a huge wrestling fan, so... Anyway, Jason, I didn't mean to step on your point. If you did, you have any more you wanted to say on this one?
5: I can't remember what. How did all I have? Sabu took out Beulah. What did he do
3: to her? Uh, he let me go back here.
5: He, what does he do?
3: (laughs) Who jumps off the top rope? He jumps off the top rope on her.
5: Is what I've written down. He, full, I just remember it wasn't the normal. Hey, let's take out the woman by like pushing her or or, or holding her down. He just said, "Hey, you're in the ring. <laughs> you're in my way." Uh, I, that was one thing I, that that was kind of it's it's not fun to see, but in in the thought process for like an ECW women when they weren't treated as sexual objects, were still treated like competitors. So they're going to take the same bumps?
3: Yeah, I told Beulah, uh, but- you know, I mean, when Sabu comes out, you just got to duck. You got to be careful. I mean, he's going to
5: get you, you know. <laughs> I love Undertaker, Beulah's mentor. <laughs> no. He's the first Beulah. <laughs> Now Bula. he's mentoring people. <laughs> That's the weirdest people. <laughs> Got some potential there, huh? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> <laughs> Undertaker, it's, Undertaker's always looking for that diamond in a rough and keeps picking up dog shit instead. So. <laughs> but no, I mean, that was like... I was, uh, the reason why I'm just making the jokes is because it was good up until then, and I think that kind of... That mars it because, I mean, these... You know, this match is involving the two of the people that when someone says ECW are the guys that flash into your head. Yeah. So, and then it just turns into clusterfuck 97.
3: And it, it's, don't you feel like it's weird? That's like, it feels like too, this is kind of following dreamer. Like dream, we've seen this already with Tommy. We're getting it again. It's like, I don't think he's a bad wrestler by any means. No. I think he's a, a very solid, very good wrestler. Martin, pick it up next. What do you, what did you think about this overall?
4: Yeah, this is, it's Tommy dreamer versus Rob Van Damme. When I realised this was happening, I thought, wow, this is you know, this is it. This is you know, this is ECW's kind of rock Austin for want of a better term. So why does it suck? And it's the it's the ending. As soon as all the 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 clusterfuck two fuck harder begins <laughs> <laughs> it just dies and it just kills anything this match had.
5: No, I like to think somewhere there's some porn <laughs> executive that listens to our podcast that just burn. fuck harder, with all
3: of that. See, Bill, sometimes you just gotta fuck harder. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you gotta grab him by the pushing. <laughs> <laughs> just Francine how I do it I don't it.
4: want payment but I do want the credit ah. if, if my name is going to be on the credits list anywhere I, I, I want it to be like thoroughly embarrassing for someone someone to find out wouldn't it be having great having
2: the same fuck happen to the same guy twice?
3: wouldn't it be great if Beulah turned on Taker and buried him alive in that McMahon match in Survivor
2: Series
5: <laughs> anybody could be beat Undertaker in a buried alive match <laughs> It's a guarantee. You're like, oh, well, I'm going over. Just Taker's laying there and has the last bit of dirt. <laughs> Get to Beulah. <laughs> That'd
3: be great. Beulah comes out at WrestleMania, like, I killed the Undertaker. <laughs> I killed him. Boom. <laughs> Here comes Undertaker to his massive entrance.
5: My sweetness
3: will shine your darkness.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Taker walks super extra slow, sexy to the ring, gets into it. I got done, sweetheart. And then tombstone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The last ride becomes the Trump ride because it's yeah. <laughs> he puts
2: a little bit of extra salt on that pepper.
3: Yeah. Oh man. Okay. All right. So Charlie, finally, give your thoughts on this match overall.
2: Well, I don't. I don't, I don't think. i, mean, he's I settled down down bring there. it down here a little bit.
3: Uh, I, I don't. I don't think Tommy Dreamer
2: gets enough credit. Uh, there's a reason he's one of the few ECW guys who had a decent WWE career. Yeah. Because I think Tommy Dreamer could work a regular match. He just happened to find his niche in ECW. And he was one of those guys yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, he's got all the, the skill set and all this stuff that uh, all the mainstream guys have. It's just he's stuck in ECW. Because, I mean, to be honest, as much as I love Tommy Jimmy, he has kind of a bland look. But, I honestly, I've, this is a match I've always wanted to see. And I hadn't seen it up to this point. And it was it was just okay. And yeah. I'm completely marred by the ending. And Jason nailed it with fire everything. Yeah, yeah. It just becomes when you have so many interferences, so many things happening, I just don't even care what the outcome is anymore. Yeah. So I don't really, I don't even know who this really helps. I right. seem to remember Sandman and Sabu for, for this thing more.
3: With, yeah. Because yeah. we go immediately into that now. Yeah. Like that's our next um, match. And which, what's awesome is you, this is how you can tell your entrance is too long. And I mean, we just, we joked about The Undertaker. Sandman gets a dissolve edit. In his in his entrance, nice that's tall. how long it takes. And I mean, like, I again, like I was I was talking about with New Jack. I didn't realize what they did with his music. I didn't realize pretty much the whole song plays before Sandman gets in the ring. It's five
2: it and, is, and a half minutes.
3: Oh yeah, it. That's why it's like, well, you, can, you still have enough time probably to get up there and squeeze a couple drops of piss out before you can get to see that man grab <laughs> a few pussies. <laughs> 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 <Woo>! <laughs> All right, so we have this tables and ladders match, which is just everyday fare for ECW, but nevertheless, that's what we're that's what we're locked in here with with Sabu and uh, Sandman. This thing is, if I know, war of attrition. That's it. Gets thrown around yeah. a lot. I think this is that this is the most apt. <laughs> I debated on whether or not to even write that down. I was like, I'll remember to say that. Yeah, I mean, but that's what it is. That, that's exactly. What, I mean, so. Kind of going around and look at this, like, I, I do think it's funny. There's a This Is Awesome chant somewhere in there, and I'm like... Is there? Yeah, I think I heard one just faintly. It doesn't it last it used to long. mean something? When it used to mean something, too. There's some... Sandman, it's an interesting way of using... Like, he doesn't wow. suplex people. He suplexes objects. Wow. Yeah. It's his yeah. method yeah. of, of, of wrestling here. But, I mean...
2: And the latter doesn't sandbag him, either. Like, he fucking throws that thing. Yeah.
3: The way... Man, that, it's scary. It's... It is a scary match to watch. It's cringeworthy many times, like the either the bumps that the ladder performs on people, or that are performed on <laughs> well, the ladder's the MVP. Are we saying
4: the ladder's the best worker in this no.
3: match? Oh. oh, it's man, he's he's man, some bitch ladder's working a damn <laughs> good wrestle. He's that paycheck. Yeah, he's so. that. T- <laughs> <laughs> that guardrail spot.
2: because oh. I remember like looking at it just <laughs> right before the move happened. Okay, what's the plan here? And still, it it turned out as good as it possibly could.
3: With that seesaw ladder and then just smacking Sabu right in the head. His athleticism is deceiving with Sandman. Like every once in a while, like it's like he kinda it's like he's storing up his energy. Yeah. And he's then the
2: joystick. Yep.
3: And mm-hmm. then he'll just do this really I dare say acrobatic type of move that we really wouldn't expect from, from a, a guy who's who's A, he's pretty drunk already, and then clearly concussed badly. Uh,
2: that's I in think this that's match. the takeaway from the match is I could not believe Sandman was still going for a guy that looks yeah. like he does in terms of his, of his physique and all the shit that he pulls off in this match, and he's still able to stand up and do these kinds of moves. And for that reason alone, this match gets a pass. It's,
4: yeah. I
3: dare say, it's probably the best it, match. It, it is the best match,
2: simply because of the it's, shit that they go through. Oh yeah. Not because it's a uh, good match running. All
3: right, so to kind of start this one around here, so Jason, what are your takeaways from this? Because this thing's a war that these guys go through. Yeah. What did you think? I,
5: uh, I think it's cool that Sandman throws a ladder and nails some people in the front row. Oh, yes. That's what you get when you pay when you go to ECW. Uh, I love, you know, they Joey's building up and talking about Sandman. He talks about how Sandman doesn't take any days off, even though the last pay-per-view, <laughs> he was not cleared to wrestle and wasn't supposed to be there.
2: Mr. No Days uh, Off. Yeah. <laughs> the <Well>.
5: Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I, I didn't know how to take that. It was, though. I mean, these watching these matches, they're especially since we're not watching, you know, homogenized versions of them is scary because yeah. you don't know what you're going to see. You don't know, you know, like because they're not using gimmick ladders. You don't know if that little bar is going to split and go into Sabu's chest or or whatever, and they just don't care. I mean, this it was, it was a um. It, it was pretty good, you know. They tried the fireball. Sandman is the first person I've ever seen that blocks a fireball that's not in a video game, <laughs> um, and it was just great. And then, like when at at the end, you know, when we were sitting there praising Sandman for for how well he did, and at the end where he could barely stand up, some cocksucker in the crowd yells, "You pussy! How <laughs> dare <I'll bury
3: laughs> you! How there was a couple spots I wrote down, and one I'll just say offhand. I love the slosh ton bomb that he tries. When yeah, he tries, yeah. it, I mean, it is <laughs> good luck. Good luck I'm, to you, below. Be right with you, <laughs> Martin. The, the, the top lunging roll. Oh. Martin, what did you think of this one overall?
4: Um, yeah, it's it's probably the best segment on the thing on the entire show. You it a segment. It's kind of hard to call it a match. It's <laughs> just. A series of people hurting each other, which I don't know if I like. (laughs) It became weirdly uncomfortable at points when you realize that, yeah, this is ECW. Those ladders probably haven't been prepared in any way. They've just literally just bought those from somewhere.
3: Or stole them. Or stole them, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the Home Depot is a little bit low on stock today. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, when, when even the dudes are getting stabbed with forks, it's pretty Okay, dude, pretty when cooking. he
3: breaks that out, that's a good point you make. When he breaks out that pick, it looks like he's really going in hard on Sandman's head.
2: He probably can't feel it. Be
5: right. <laughs> Hell, it's probably like, an improvement. I like the guy, <laughs> damn, the uh, the ECW crew that's constantly setting up new ladders as they destroy each one. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. At first, I was like, where do these ladders come from? Then I saw those guys in the ECW t-shirts just pulling out more ladders and setting them up. I was like, well, this is kind of neat and weird at the same time. This is a common reoccurrence
2: that we see later on with officials, security guards, like, helping with the match. Like, setting stuff up. Right. And it's it's bizarre. <laughs>
5: yeah. Bill Alphonse checks spots. Like, he not only hands people's weapons... You he's going through he's making sure the ladders are secure before
3: people get on him i i right. I, I guarantee you, Doug Dillinger would not be up for this he'd be like uh uh-uh, uh man i ain't doing that extra work i walked no. to the ring i walked
1: back that's paint it. It.
3: paint pain. <laughs> <laughs> i got to make sure Goldberg's safe okay <laughs> that's a tough job i need to make sure he's safe so um this one overall like i mean it's it, it's it's obviously like it is as bad in many ways as some of the matches we we've talked about because of just how, I mean, and the criticism I've I read about this match overall is it's it's spot, 10 sec, like 10, 15 minutes, it feels like a rest. Another spot, and like, it's just all this recovery time from these things that they're doing. And this is, I guess, I, in reading further, like kind of the knock on Sabu that people don't like is that he doesn't, like... It's not like he wrestles a good, like, chained wrestling match where he builds... He starts at 10. He does. Every he, time. <laughs> but I kind of like that.
2: I you know, I, I mean, I, I you know what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, as
3: much as I like
2: Sabu, for the most part, if you've seen one Sabu match, you have seen them all.
3: And they're full... Like, I mean, the over-under on botches, if oh. you set it at 10... I mean, it's a 50-50. You never know what you're going to get. So, but... um In the end here, Sabu finally hits, like, after this thing is over. I mean, like, to to finish it, a leg drop with the ladder finally gets the win for Sabu. I'm not sure if Sandman ever went for a pinfall. I don't think he did. Ever. Well... Ever in the entire thing, it felt like. But, um... The way he looked towards the end of that match, the way he just... He wasn't even taking bumps, really. Like, he was just falling. Like, he was legit just, like, falling. Trying to do... I don't even know if he was how many moves he was really trying by the end of it. It just i felt I felt bad watching him because I felt like he was really, really hurt, but of course you know he has Wolverine healing factor yeah. and he'll be back <laughs> for the next go round but it's a, fascinating, it's a he fascinating puts alcohol
2: on the adamantium
3: that's right <laughs> <laughs> <Alcoholium. Yeah. laughs> so we uh I, and again, you can tell like for whatever reason like they're just trying to move along quickly because it feels like we get right into our um We get into Bam Bam and Shane. Our main event. Pretty quick after this, yeah. Yeah. And we've got Bam Bam Bigelow champion, which is awesome. I think that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, he was never the WWF champion, never the WCW. Defending against Shane Douglas, who is like as, I mean. And and he's the face. Exactly. We have all seen this a a thousand times over the years, this type of booking where you have your face. he's, He's favoring an injury, wrapped up. You know, it's just like. The Diamond Dallas Page Uh, storyline. It's it's how much sympathy can we build before this thing even starts. And I found that this was a very frustrating main event. I found this to be excruciatingly frustrating. I almost zoned out. Because also I'd say I'm frustrated because I feel like the last like four or five years of WWF have been booked this way with John Cena to where like you have a guy who's just clearly dominating him. And then, just out of nowhere, Shane can hit this belly to belly, a a belly to belly on Bam Bam, which I'm like, oh, okay. At uh, least
2: it's through a table.
3: I guess. Yeah, I guess right. that's I guess, how I justify it. right to get the win. And I just I had a real hard time. So we can kind of break down now some of our individual thoughts on it. Starting, Jason, what'd you think of this? Like, do, did you did you like the booking? Did you like this match? What'd you think?
5: It's really weird to not hear Shane Douglas get showered with booze. Yeah. So it kind of put me in a weird spot because, um, you know, that's that's part of the thing is like, you know, Shane Douglas is just you know this this piece of shit. As far as the, the way that these people treat him, they boom and they're coming out and they're cheering him. And and I get that it's right outside of Pittsburgh and this is where he's from. But still, it's just weird. I also like refs doing a five count on a choke on, mm-hmm. on a choke and ECW doesn't make sense. Um, the crowd can't make up their mind of what they want to call. Like they're they're not chanting in unison. There's uh, you hear asshole, fat ass, fat hole. I mean, like it's just all kinds <laughs> of like, stuff. Just <laughs> yeah, they, they can't they yep. can't make up their mind. Um, the crowd gets super super mean to Francine, um, even though she's she's nice. I mean, they start calling yes, her cunt, of stuff. Donald Trump's lurking out ringside, ready to grab a piece. So. It's just a. It was just a, And why weird. not? Oh he God. has money.
2: <laughs> what? I said, why not? He has
5: money. Sure. Mm. He's a star. They let him do what he wants.
2: Hey, let me ask um, you real quick. Did you... There was a weird chant that I heard. I want to know if, if you picked up on it. It's straight out of Stand By Me. I heard a lard-ass chant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: That was, like, that ass the, lard lard-ass. Where I couldn't... There were so many different chants going on at once. Um, it's like everyone was trying to be the guy that started the Chan at one time, but they were all picking different things. Right. Uh, and it was just, I don't know. It was, it was not as good as I was hoping it would be to see Bam Bam Bigelow in a world title defense, you know, not successful, but still it was like what you said. It's 20 minutes of Shane Douglas getting his ass beat and wins in one move. I mean,
3: the other thing is strange is Candido and, um, and Landstorm were heels earlier, so now <laughs> like it's it's weird because now it's like, well, why is Shane the face? Like, are, do we have a problem within this faction where like you have yet? So, but I do love when Candino's, Candido is audibly saying he's gonna fucking kill him. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. hilarious. <laughs> Throwing the towel. <laughs> it's it's exactly what I <laughs> thought of. Yeah, because like. There there are a couple of these spots like Shane goes for her and can run on the outside, but he eats a power bomb through the table. It's just they they get he gets the the Mel Gibson treatment in the match. He gets the passion, the passion of the Douglas. Douglas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the passion of the Douglas. The passion of the French. So Martin, what did you think of this man? Could were you liking this? This,
4: this is almost good. This is almost enjoyable. Okay. It's easily the best thing I've seen Shane Douglas do, because yeah, bam, bam, big little whales on him for twenty minutes. Um, it's really weird seeing this very, very WWF style match. Yeah, main eventing an ECW show. It's a good way to put it. It's completely different to everything on the show, considering how you know crazy the undercard was. To get this feels. Anachronous, and whilst it's it's more my thing, it's more traditional wrestling. It's not particularly good because of the fact is, yeah, I'm supposed to somehow cheer Shane Douglas. Right. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. All of the all of the money in the world will not make me cheer Shane Douglas.
3: I mean, l- let's let's frame it this way as well, because there's a good chance that if we had gotten Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan, this is exactly how it would have been booked. And I'm not yeah. sure if they would have let him go over. I'm not sure because I, I don't I don't know who can go over Brock Lesnar at this point except the Undertaker by screw means. god. It, but still, like I don't it's not to say that this type of booking is bad. It can work. It's just you have to have a guy you can really get behind who's gonna do the one move to win. And for yeah, us uh, I
4: buy I buy Bigelow as the monster. Yes. Sure. Because Bigelow can do that all day. You know, Bigelow was, was fantastic at that. The problem is Douglas. He's the weak link of this.
2: It's easier for me to cheer John Cena than it is to cheer Shane Douglas. Yeah. And he's kind of their John Cena. Yes. Yeah, he's the franchise.
3: I, I, I mean, <clears throat> Shane Cena's number one again. Mm-hmm. This is his third title, too, he gets. This is his already his third I think that's
2: number. the record at that point.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I will say also, props to Bam Bam. Because this would... I mean, it's the same time. It was pretty scary when he swings that crutch at Francine. He goes full on, so she has to duck.
2: You got to fucking duck.
3: You're gonna have to,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Frank.
5: You got to fucking duck. He calls Francine Frank. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I build. Everything's a nickname. (laughs) It was Beulah and Bill McGillicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> <You. Yeah.
2: laughs> Bill. Uh, my favorite moment of the match, I, I, I heard a fan scream to Francine, and this was awesome. So she, Shane Douglas is just, like, hurt, and, and he, she's, like, kind of, like, leaning over him, like, checking him out. And you, uh, you can hear this fan say, Come on, help him! The hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> The hell
5: are you it, it, doing? It, it, yeah, I was like, what you oh gonna God. do?" That's awesome. There's a, there was a point. I, I going back to how good of a monster Bam Bam is with the crowd shitting all over him like that, and how he just doesn't pay it any attention. I like that. I, I don't like my serious heels to be bothered by crowd chants.
3: Yeah,
5: it takes away from you. And he's yeah. just—they might as well not. He might as well be deaf. It's—he's—is a perfect
3: champion. Like in that regard, like this is why you keep the belt on a guy like this so that. When you have a real good underdog like whoever you know comes along, like man, it would be a much bigger payoff. Instead, it's yeah, exactly, or Jerry Lynn, but still, it's like we get we get Shane. So, and overall, like I feel, I mean, obviously the crowd was way into it because it's a hometown guy, so they go home happy. I'd say watching it though from you know from home, based on what we've seen, what we feel about Shane Douglas, I felt it was a very underwhelming end to. An otherwise pretty good pay-per-view. I feel like, though, we're entering a territory where we're not getting, like, the greatest ECW shows. It's a pretty good show. We've talked about some of the the highlights of it. To overall, like, let's bat it around, like, overall thoughts on the show, starting with Jason. What did you think of November to Remember
5: 97? November to Remember 97 is a pay-per-view that is just like an ECW match. A shitload of crazy stuff that ends with a basic move finish. Is basically how it is with just the way we just discussed it, it, the way that last match went down and it was entertaining. I think uh, there was a lot more, not a lot more, but just, I really didn't like the clusterfuck tag match. Um, it to the point where it's kind of bleeding into my opinion of other stuff. And I think part of that is just from that clip that Charlie sent us of new Jack throwing that guy like 45 feet that somehow impacted the way I started looking at these matches. Um, you know, if, I would give it, If are we doing a 10 or a 5 scale?
3: Oh, you don't even have to rate it, man. I'm just saying just your overall thoughts. That's really all that really matters. I mean, just oh, your thoughts. I mean, so I don't want it's to worth a watch. Away. It's
5: yeah. just yeah. not best of, of what I think, definitely not the best of what ECW has to offer. That's
3: for sure. Let's do this too. Like, because um, we're only on our third one. Let's, let's. Um, I'm going to pull this up here. We've got three pay-per-views in the books. Let's just kind of like, I'm going to pull this up here. and Let's start listing them off and kind of ranking what we think. Are like so far the best to the worst. So, with Barely Legal, Hardcore Heaven, and now November to Remember, where do you put this pay per view? Kind of stack rank all three of them. What do you think is the best to the worst?
5: The best, I think, is Barely Legal. I think November to Remember is the second, and then Hardcore Heaven is the worst.
3: Okay. Charlie, you go ahead next. What did you first thoughts on the show, and then how would you rank it with the other two? This just
2: wasn't very good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's just no fucking good. <laughs> this, this,
2: this was. This reminded me of just the worst parts of going through our first season with WCW in oh, terms yeah, of how yeah. many times I hit pause, how many times I missed something because I zoned out and had to hit rewind. Mm-hmm. This this isn't not even like middle road of what ECW has to offer. It's like you, you, there's usually. I mean, you can always count on, like, several good matches with, with these shows normally. There's only really, for me, one good match on the show, and it's simply because I feel bad for saying it's not a good match right. because of what Sandman and Sabu went through. It just, I know there are better shows coming. Like, oh, that yeah, yeah. I know. But it, it just doesn't really feel like it means anything. And for this to be their flagship show, it, it doesn't feel like they really cared all that much. It, it feels underthought, if nothing else. So, between the three pay-per-views, Barely Legal is one of my all-time favorite pay-per-views. Like, I've seen that almost as much as I've seen, like, I don't know, WrestleMania Five or something. Okay. So, that's the best by far. I think this is pretty much on par, if not worse, than Hardcore Heaven. Okay. I'd give this a 4 out of 10.
4: A solid Bret Hart 4 out of 10.
3: <laughs> Martin um, uh, on for, Martin, thoughts on the show? How would you rank it?
4: Um, well, Jason was spot on with the the idea that this works as a meta thing where you have all this craziness and then a you know like a, a standard move ends it. Um, yeah, this this feels thrown together. It feels like a show that needed more time in the oven. It feels like for whatever reason some of the roster isn't there. That's why the singles match becomes a tag match um, and then goes on for. Far, far too long, um, and then yeah, it's like we'll just throw you know, throw enough shit at the wall and see what sticks. Um, and it just it feels like a crowd pleasing house show, just with a title switch, which in itself isn't bad, but I don't know. When you see on the card, it's like you know, Tommy Dreamer and RVD are gonna have a match that really should have been a lot better than it ended up being. Um... Yeah, Sandman and Sabu did kill each other for my entertainment, so it's I can't argue with them with that at all. So in terms of where this stands in the three that we've watched, yeah, barely Legal is the is the trump card because that was ECW going balls out to show off what it can do. I actually think Hardcore Heaven is a solid second, but this is purely on my basis that the Law the Dreamer match is fantastic oh, fuckery yeah. because of Law and this, sadly, out of the three, I'd have to put it at the bottom because aside from Sandman and Sabu killing each other, which is something that they will do routinely, there's nothing else for me to really grab onto. Yeah. I think
3: it's a good I I think it's a good take on it. I think overall, like um I, I'm I liked hardcore Heaven ninety seven. I thought it was a pretty I mean it's I I agree with every one of you, Barely Legal is the class of the bunch thus far. Um oh. But um, but I would say I don't know I don't know. I'm it's it's a toss up for me I would probably I I'd probably keep Hardcore Heaven '97 as number two in November to remember '97 third it'll be interesting to revisit this with you guys with the next one because Living Dangerously '98 uh, is just a kind of a sneak preview for people I'll just say I I'm not I'm not super enthused with that show it's another kind of forgettable kind of ECW show in a way but there are some good moments to it we'll kind of wait and see. Before we kind of wrap this up, what I wanted to – we didn't get an email necessarily. It was uh, a very nice – it was a nice long uh, Twitter message from Dan Rackley. Dan's a big ECW fan. He listened to our show from the get-go. He went to an ECW house show back in the day, and he recounts it here for us, which is pretty funny. So I'm just going to – I'm going to try and get through this as best I can here. But from what he said – this thing always just wants to keep moving down. Here we go. From where it starts here, I think it was in Michigan, he said. He was coming out of PA. Okay. Damn. I'm sorry. My thing keeps scrolling down after I get to where I want. But uh, the overall thing of it was like, here it is. It really – forget it. All right. I'm going to have to – I'll have to pull it up again. I may pull it up with living dangerously then. But anyway, what what was fun was what he was talking about. Like getting there was obviously a a struggle just because he had a car that – Awful oil you had to constantly fill it up like with oil before every trip, which was already adds just drama to the mix yeah but but just what he was talking about inside of the auditorium, like you felt like legitimately like your life was on the line when you 're in there, like it could like it <laughs> could go either way, and I think that 's fascinating because like i've been to you know plenty of wrestling events, and mostly most of them are obviously w w f so nothing ever feels very caustic and they're down south or WCW or, or yeah. but nothing ever felt costing Jason. I know can attest for, that for the shows we've been to as well. Like some of the independents, yeah, maybe they sometimes get a little bit on the edgy side. A TNA
2: show we went to, wanted to kill uh, that fucking guy. That
3: was interesting. Yeah, but um, but definitely like it's fun to hear about ECW shows from back in the day because they do have this sort of flair of the danger, especially house shows. We're not these are just we were watching pay per views to hear about these house shows. Is really fascinating. Like, I just think that's that. That was it's an interesting, interesting story. I'll, um, I'll find a way to get it out there so people can, um, uh, can look at it. But it was just fascinating to see. But well, we never got to go to those,
2: right? ECW never came to us, mm-hmm. so, and that's pro- probably because they weren't syndicated where
3: we were, no. Yeah. So,
4: yeah, that that always they go to Florida. <laughs> yeah, to go
3: I know, which is fascinating for that Fort Lauderdale. It's amazing. Like, it seemed like the, the least ECW type of crowd, but.
2: Oh, they're in Georgia for um, Russell Palooza.
3: Yeah, that's Kyle right. Cobb County, home yeah. of the Boss Man. <laughs> He's still hanging from WrestleMania. For, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, cut. You know, but um, in terms of, um, I, I don't know. Do, do either of you guys have any plugs, real quick? You want to throw <clears> out there before we get into our our stuff? Go ahead, Martin. You
5: got okay. a billion. It's going.
4: Uh, well, I've just been on Raw Attitude Pod again. Um, again, again, because the first time we tried to record it fucked up. Um, so, yeah, that, that's on Twitter at Raw Attitude Pod. And of course, on 4cronline.com, I am still collecting and writing about terrible wrestling toys. And I've just, just found out that I've been sent a, an original ECW Just Incredible figure.
2: Oh, um, yeah, those, I had that. Yeah, those I have that whole line, and you, yeah, you had oh yeah, because man, they were fun to get. That Lance Storm figure you had, I, I used to bring that when we would record. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's the exact same one. I was like, oh yeah, but that just incredible figure is awesome because uh, his left hand makes a fist that has a hole in it, and I used to stick a chopstick into that little hole that, and it made a kendo stick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that was the Just Incredible figure was one of the best ones. So yeah. Yeah.
4: So far, so far I've got got Mike Awesome, Landstorm. Oh yeah. And I've got a weird Taz variant which is wearing blue and red. It looks like like he's wearing Jack Swagger's gear.
2: Yeah, that was the one I didn't buy. (laughs) (laughs) I can see why. I remember that one in the store. I was like, no.
5: Does the, the, the Justin Incredible figure? Does it just look like a Master Splinter with denim shorts on? Since Justin Incredible has a huge face,
4: is this is this going into that WWE Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover? You, no, Tommy, no, no, you're no, hitting that. Us.
5: was like just because the the fakes is the facial expression that Justin Incredible uses things. in our our next episode here, uh, living apologetically. That's coming up is <laughs> is just something. I'll I'll go into it. I just was wondering, um, but. Is that all you got? What you got? More yeah. stuff, Ben? Like you, you're. Are you on that many podcasts that you plug, or is it just as people requesting, no. you know,
4: putting the yeah, word out? So far, it's just this one and uh, Raw Attitude Pod. Okay, uh, there's others that I enjoy and will happily plug. Yeah, you know, off my own bat, but I've not been on them
5: yet. Oh, so so you've never been on the New Blood Rising Podcast Network podcast with no name? Okay.
4: okay. Oh yes. way, to,
5: way to hurt somebody.
4: <laughs> Sorry.
5: Uh, it just uh, it's, it, we have that it's uh, the first episode is me, Charlie and Martin uh, coming together after you know pulling technology fighting against us and and William getting sick and everybody's just kind of in the mood to put something together. Uh, we talk about TV and the differences between American television and UK television. Uh, it's it's something a little different. It's definitely an alternative in case you're getting mm-hmm. fatigued on wrestling.
3: Um, I want to say about Raw attitude pod. I'm gonna, I will be on there next go around. I think he and I are going to be recording this week. I cannot wait. Is the episode of Raw where Vince got arrested in the opening segment by Austin, which is fantastic, is one of my favorite Raws just for the energy that that segment creates and then permeates through the rest of the show to the end.
2: You know who really helps that segment is Jim Ross. Jim Ross. Oh yeah. That yeah. call where he said Stone Cold is doing what the federal government couldn't do. Oh yeah.
3: That that. It's, Man. it's perfect. And, uh, Such a good episode. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. And there are a lot of other things there that are fascinating in that episode. So that's going to be fun to look at. So we'll be doing that this week. So that'll be cool. Um, podcast, of course, is on Twitter. We are at New Blood Pod. Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Um, I myself, I'm at William Rinkin83.
5: I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM
2: underscore stabs.
4: Uh, and I'm at Bunny Sisiida. We'll see you guys very soon again
3: for Living Dangerously ninety eight.